1: So thankful that you were here. Can you just go ahead and give uh, a hand for the fact that uh, people found Jesus Christ in the last service. Would you celebrate that with me today? Man, well, we have had uh, quite, a, quite a weekend and God has been so good to us. Just so thankful for all that has been accomplished, all that's going to be accomplished. But I got the, the extreme joy, the resounding joy. To get to have my grandson spend the night with me last evening. He woke me up. About every 15 to 30 minutes all night long. He felt that he needed a tent. So if he asked, Papa gets. Nene thought the tent needed to be right next to Papa all night. He kicked that tent all night. Night long, every few moments, tossing and turning, so I did not sleep. So finally, this morning, I get up, turn my alarm off before it goes off. (laughs) Go in, get ready. As I come back out, he is no longer in the tent, he is in my place in the bed. He's down like this, and these eyes are aglow, and he goes, Papa, I stole your space. (laughs) And I thought, It's okay because you stole my heart. You know, I think some of us, when we think of Christmas, we miss the beauty that God is our Father, and we feel. Like we're somehow out of place. God says you're right where you're supposed to be today because you stole my heart. Now today I want to talk to you about that kind of love. A love that steals hearts. But before we do, let's bow our heads and ask God to open this truth to us. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence, your grace, and your goodness. I thank you for everyone here, and I thank you for the many that are watching. And I pray, God, that you're going to just touch them supernaturally. Lord, wherever we are, whether they are watching, present, or listening on on the radio, God, I pray that you will speak to hearts now, change our lives, and help us to realize this simple truth. In Jesus' name, amen. John, chapter number three, verse number 16, we began our series. When I was a, a younger pastor, I, I felt like I could bring you such revelation. in one Sunday that you had a doctoral degree in that and, and you never needed to hear it again. Now I realize that I don't get it in one Sunday and I need to hear it again. So what I I have come to understand is the best thing is probably to to take the words of the great evangelist of old who said, what would happen if you took a verse and you read that verse and you did not read another until you learned to master and live that verse? And so I think that really much of our faith is pivotal on this scripture. For God, help me, so loved. That's our series. What is it now? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loves us and the truth is we simply have to believe that God could love a wretch like us. Dare I say that we could steal His heart. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Now, I've not come to condemn you today, but if he convicts you, that's a different story. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, what an amazing time of year we're in. Lots and lots of tensions flow all around us this time of year. If you think that I'm exaggerating, break in line in front of someone at your local Store. There are lots and lots of tensions in the air. Can I tell you that I have driven many days of my life due to work and different things and going to the airport? I have driven the connector where 75 and 85 meet. Let me just tell you that God was not there yesterday. (laughs) It seemed as if He were a million miles away. Because as I came through there, out of all of the years that I've come through that connector, I have never seen it be quite like it was yesterday. Yesterday, I'm not exaggerating. Someone in the far right lane decides they need to be in the far left lane, and they turn sideways and go across all five lanes of traffic. I lock it down. I lock down the car, but I let it out. I didn't say dirty words, but I didn't say pleasant words either. As a matter of fact, there was nothing about what I said to those people, random things like, where did you get your driver's license? Some of you older people will understand why this one comes out. "All oh, blue light special in the Kmart aisle? Come on now, all right? I spoke my disdain for them. I challenged their intellectual levels. I'm trying to re- let all that just flow out. But can I tell you the one thing that did not flow? Love. There was nothing about how I felt about those. Matter, matter of fact, the only love that I could have had for them yesterday was to help them off the road. No love flowed from my lips. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, because no love flowed from my lips yesterday, no love flowed in the car yesterday, we didn't create an environment where love was welcome. I caused an intense environment because I was verbally, I mean, they did it, but I responded inappropriately. And my lack of allowing love to flow through me prevented the love of God to flow around me. And maybe that's what we need to talk about today, is what has prevented the love of God from flowing to us and through us, because until we can create the right atmosphere for God's love to flow through us, it will never really flow to us. And so last week we began talking about Mary and how that she had to realize that God had chosen her, that God had picked her and called her special, that God, in the goodness of who he is, had decided that she would be the one, this forgotten girl in this forgotten town on the forgotten backside of the world, all of a sudden it shows up, an angel shows up and says, you are highly favored. In other words, hey Mary, you are so loved. We realized that there was nothing special about her, but that being chosen by God is what makes the ordinary special. Can I tell you this today? You are chosen. You may not feel worthy, and you might feel extremely ordinary. You may feel like there's no way that God in heaven could love you, but God has chosen you, and God Loves you. Last week we also realized that we've allowed things that define us to keep us from experiencing his love. So I have to ask you today, what have you allowed to define you? And then we come to understand the other thing that Mary had to learn last week is that she was not alone. You are not alone. How did Mary begin to walk in these things? Because she believed the promise And she lived and walked in the promise. Now with that said, I want to talk to you about what prevents you from allowing God's love to flow to you. And and so that it can flow through you. Now I think that there are people in our lives who don't mean to harm us, but they really do. And I know this is going to sound silly, but they really do harm us by trying to do the best for us. As a matter of fact, they'll say things like this to you. They'll say, they really, really love you, but then they'll say things like this. They'll say, hey... Guess what? They'll say, you can do anything you put your mind to. You ever heard that? People you're trying to speak it into. What you're really trying to say is, don't be limited. Don't be fearful. But they'll say to you things like, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Can I just tell you, I don't care how much I put my mind to it. I'm never going to dunk a basketball. It's not going to happen. Without the aid of a trampoline. It's never going to happen. I don't care how good a shape I'm in. There's some little sports cars that I really admire that I'm never going to fit in. Probably 120 pounds lighter than I am now. I was all excited. I went to see this sport car. I was so excited. You know, I'm a pretty big guy anyways. And, you know, I was doing a lot better health-wise. And it'd be like me and Dylan going to try to jump in this sports car. It's probably not going to happen. And I go to get in this sport car. Christian's there with me. I'm all excited. i would seen another pastor drive this sport car, so I thought, oh, man, maybe I'll drive this sport car. So I was going to just at least dream. So I back up to this sport car, and I look at it, and I'm like, hmm. So I just literally turned around, and I just started to try to, I was going to sit in it. Let me just note to self, if you have to try to figure out how to get in there, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> so I back up. I... Reach the place, you know, when you flop, you reach the place of no return. I flopped, but I didn't flop all the way. Somewhere halfway down, I stuck. My nephew is with me, my Christian. He's like, I'll be there in a minute. I'm like, I need you now. Little tiny little sales lady's like, sir, do you want to go ahead and get on in? I said, I can't. I don't care how much you tell me, if you put your mind to this, you can do it. I could not do it. Stupid sports car, who needs one anyways? (laughs) Finally, Christian got there and with a little bit of elbow grease, we got out of there. The reality is there's things about even men that are in shape that maybe they don't fit in the same places that others can fit. There are things about your life that are just not who you are. I've seen people come to me and they've said, Pastor, God in heaven has called me to become a singer. And I thought to myself, that's not God. <laughs> we fight not against powers of okay, flesh and blood, come on now, but spiritual darkness and rulers. And I thought, that's probably not your gifting. But what happens is people tell us we can do anything, and then when we suddenly realize that we can't do everything, we realize that we're not measuring up to what we've been told our whole lives, and we end up stuck as we try to flop into positions and situations that we don't know how to get into, and we're trying to measure up and be somebody we're not, and God's tried to tell us, look, stop trying to judge yourself based on what other people have described you as, and there's only one reality that you ought to judge yourself by, and it's a about the fact that God loves you enough that he sent his only son to die for you. And that means you don't have to try to be like everybody else. It means God made you special. Can I tell you what? God made a, may have made you special where you might not fit in every other situation. But can I tell you, God created me so that that short little lady never had to have a ladder to reach anything on the top cabinet in our kitchen. Why? Because God knows who you are, and he loves you that way. He loves you just the way you are. And in all of this moment, I think you have to understand that when people tell us you can be anything, we create this hero complex. And our hero complex says, I should be able to save all the world and fix everybody's problems. None of you have ever tried that, right? Well, I think most of us have at some point. We're supposed to be able to fix everything for our children. We're supposed to be able to fix everything for the people we love. We're supposed to be able to solve everything. And the reality is we can't solve everything. But too many times we get in the way of a gracious God who's trying to do something amazing in their lives because we have a hero complex, because we're trying to measure up to show them we're lovable. As a matter of fact, some people will go out and spend themselves into a year's worth of debt to put gifts under a tree. They have no business being there just so they can feel lovable. Did Pastor just go there? Yes, I did. The reality is, it's not what we can do for others, it's who we are, and it's how we love them. Now how they love us that matters most. Now, what does that have to do with this time of year? Well, I never dreamed that I'd preach about this guy on Christmas Sunday. His name is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is probably the best one to illustrate what I'm trying to tell you today. John the Baptist is put in an unbelievable situation. And I want you to see the truth here that he spoke. John chapter 1, verse number 29 says this. says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, or behold, some scriptures say, but look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's usually where I stop. Right there. That kind of sums it up. There's the Lamb of God. There's Jesus. That's all we need to know. But this is what John says further. He says, he is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Stop there for just a moment. He says, look, this is the answer. This is the love of God incarnate. He says, this is the one I've been telling you about. I've been preaching to you about. I've been trying to, and I'm thinking, okay, God, I can see what you're trying to do. I'm trying to, my message today is trying to explain to people that you'll never be able to have the love that God wants until you let the love of God flow through you and, and i'm like okay and god's like no no focus on verse 31 and i was like what verse 31 here's what he said he said i did not recognize him i didn't see it i was telling you about his love but i didn't recognize him as the messiah but i have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to israel now here's what he says he says look you need to know your love. You need to know you're cared for. You need to know all of these things. And the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. And suddenly the Messiah shows up and John doesn't even recognize him completely. He recognizes him as his cousin. He sees him as somebody you seen around father family gatherings but he does not recognize him as the lamb of God until he experiences the love of the father for the son when the, my goodness I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say to you when he got an image of the love of the father who said this is my son in whom I'm well pleased this is the son my beloved son the one that I love when John saw that in the water he realized I've been missing out on who Jesus really is because I didn't see how much God loves And because he couldn't see how much God loves him, he didn't recognize him for what God could do. Can I tell you, that's all of our problems today. We don't realize how deep, how wide, and how great the love of God is, and it prevents us from recognizing who Jesus wants to be to us and through us. Because we don't recognize the love of God. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I've been serving God my whole life. I think I can give you a diatribe on the love of God. Can I tell you, I've been serving God for over 40 years. I can teach you about the love of God. But I yet do not know the depth and the breadth of God's love. Yet I do not completely understand. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. I do not completely understand His love yet. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I can tell you that no one in this room completely understands the love of God. You're going, Pastor Don, how dare you tell me what I, I... I don't know. No one watching completely understands the love of God can I tell you why you don't completely understand the love of God if we completely grasp the love of God for us you would have told me to wait because you weren't done worshiping yet your hands would still be in the air your voices would still be lifted tears would be streaming down your face and you would be saying I was lost but now I'm found look what God has done for me I didn't see it at first but now I've seen his love but here's the problem most of us want to swaddle him up And put his love in a manger. And only pull it out when we don't feel worthy. Pull it out when we've messed up. Pull it out for the things that we know he forgave us for and we shouldn't have gone back to, but we did anyways. Unswaddle it. Oh, yes, there he is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Save that for later. Anybody else have trouble saving stuff for later? I'll take a snack with me somewhere and I'll be like, save that for later. Later comes and I'm like, where's that snack I saved for later? Oh, that's the one I ate before. <laughs> I think we'll find ourselves, if we treat him that way, feeling like we somehow have used up his love for us. Oh, I can't go back to that because, you know, when I told him if he'd do it one more time, I'd never do it again. No, 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 If you understood the depth of His love and the breadth of His love, then you would understand no matter how much you don't measure up, He still loves you. Yeah. The pastor, listen to me. Maybe the reason that you don't understand His love is because you don't understand that we feast upon the revelation of God's love for us When we allow his love to flow through us to others. Can I just tell you yesterday I did not feel very loved on that ride. I felt very self-righteous. I felt very justified in my anger. But I didn't feel very loved. Because my team was playing For the division or for their conference championship, and I was driving through traffic, which they won. But, anyways, listen to me. I didn't feel loved. I felt like this is not where I want to be. Not where I had been, but where I was in that traffic. I was tired. I just wanted to be home. I wanted everything to be the way I wanted it to be, and I didn't feel loved. And the reality was that I couldn't feel loved because I was more focused on myself than I was the people around me. What would happen if this Christmas we start focusing more on others instead of ourselves? What would happen if we took all of the lies the devil's trying to tell us of inadequacies and we lay them all down? And we say, God, I don't know it all yet, but this I do know. You've loved me. And I want to share that with someone else. I know this is going to seem simple. There's this woman I never dreamed of for a Christmas message either that she was called the woman at the well. And What did she say after she encountered Jesus? Come meet a man who knows everything about me. Can I just sum it up what she she said? And yet he still loves me. (laughs) See, I think we lose something with all the twinkle and the tinsel. We lose something that we swaddle up and we try to keep just for this time of year. But if we could see past the lights, we might actually see the light. The light of the world that loved us so much that he came to die for us. You see, the love that we allow to flow to us determines the love that flows through us. This sermon is going to take a twist right now that was not in the original plan. It's like for about, what, ten weeks now, God's like, here's your notes, but you'll preach something else. Not my favorite style of preaching. There are people watching me, listening to me, and there are people present that the love that you should have received was not given to you. That the person who should have loved you hated you. The person that should have treated you with love withheld it. Maybe your families didn't know how to share it. Maybe, I mean all those things, listen to me carefully, all of those things. And you don't understand how much that has hindered you in your life. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is so Important that a God in heaven who loves us unconditionally says this that the love that He wants to send to you will take their bad representation of love and make it a sad thing of the past. That the love that God wants to give you will take all of that pain and all of that struggles and allow you to see it for what it was. A famine. Because those who don't know how to love usually were never really loved. And it's hard to give from a place of abundance. When you are living in a famine. You should have never been treated that way. You should have never. Ever experienced the things you experienced. And God in his love. Wants to heal you. From all. Of that. By letting his love. Flow to you. So that it ultimately can flow through you. Let me prepare to close with this today. We are so loved. Let me just say it this way. He loves you so. He loves you so. Now I'm going to tell you a story that I hadn't planned on telling today. It's kind of a silly story, but it was more the heart of the matter. Now you know I pick and I play about the desserts that I love, and let me just go ahead and say, if, if I love one that you make, please don't ever stop making that. <laughs> but there was this one particular dessert that I absolutely loved, and I would go to this place. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I, I, I'd go up to to Waypoint, and they'd cook this certain d- dessert for me. Oh, it was wonderful. As a matter of fact, first service day, the guy who created that dessert was there. And I mean, it was a wonderful dessert. And here's what they would do for me. They would make that dessert, and they'd be like, Pastor, and I see it's this guy's turn to make the dessert. It's his opportunity to make the dessert. He is so proud. He brings that favorite dessert and sets it on the plate out in front of me. He is so proud. And I look at this dessert and do you know what I see when I see this dessert? Are you ready for this? I see love and a a man who's, somebody he looks up to, he's been able to prepare something for him. But there's a problem that I could not see about this dessert. That in his excitement to be the one chosen to make it for pastor's visit, he misread the recipe. And instead of One and a half cups of sugar. He had put one and a half boxes of sugar. I'm ready. He's watching. Are you ready for this? With one bite. I feel like I'm going into a diabetic coma. Woo! I feel it. All right. But inside, I'm inside, literally inside. I look like the Tasmanian devil. You know what I'm saying? Outside, I'm like, "Good job, buddy." And I can see it in his eyes. So I take another bite, and I, it's only about a four-bite little section. So all four bites go down. I have had enough sugar for like three gallons of tea. He is beaming with pride. Beaming with pride. Yes. And he says, Pastor, I knew you would love it. So I cut you another slice. Of which I took a bite. After I took that bite, guess what? I was done. I said, man, I just can't eat another pie. But do you know why I ate that sugar? It was because he was a man whose father never, never said he was proud of him. And he was looking at the man that was his role model I didn't want him to see anything but my love. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. God in heaven must take some of the offerings we give him like, whew, but he never shows anything but love. We may have stolen our spot, but we've captured his heart and he may be taking the sacrifices that we give and they're not perfect yet and we don't measure up yet and we may have misread life's recipes a thousand times but yet he still loves us and the god of heaven who will never let us down Wants you to know. Every lie of the devil who says that you're not worthy is exactly that—a lie. He loves you. So the beauty of Christmas. Stand with me today, if you will. What a moment! What a day! What a time! In the last service, there were people, as I watched them, literally shaking under the presence of God as God began to heal them, knowing that that the people that have wronged them are never going to apologize, they're never going to be able to make it right, they're never going to... And and all of those things, but yet, they, they have lost their power over them because they are loved by one that is greater. The devil wants to tell you that 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 they will always determine how much you feel worthy. No, no, no. The only thing that makes you worthy. Do you remember what I told you? My my grandson had stolen what he had. He stolen my my seat, my spot, my place. Do you know what you've been given? You are seated with Christ. You have been given. God's own place, and He's not telling you to move, because you have captured His heart. Bow your heads. I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit will begin to wave over you, to move in that this week that you're going to begin to realize you don't need anybody's affirmation you don't need anybody to tell you Adam boy there you go girl you don't have to try to measure up to anybody god loves you just the way Greatest hindrance that you've got to deal with is accepting that so that He can flow through you to the others around you. If you can accept that God loves you just the way you are, the way a father should, then you will learn to love others and you will be unswaddling His love for the world to experience with every head bowed and those that are watching carefully listening to God's dealing with us I just want to see your hand I just want you to be honest with me if you've ever felt like the love you deserve hasn't been given or if you felt like that you've been robbed of the love that that should have come your way I just want to see your hand I, I just want to pull this crowd. I'm going to see your hand the majority of this room the majority of this room they're never going to say it they're never going to give you what you need but God in heaven is everything you need he's everything you need I'm not asking anything of you except that you let Him love you the way that you deserve. Because you, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you, just like you are, you have captured His heart. He has given you His place. He has surrounded you in His love. And you need Only His love. And the more you experience His love, the more the people around you are going to know yours and His through you. Don't rage at the wind, but listen to His voice calling to you that He loves you. Father, I thank you for those that are present. I thank You, Lord, that Your grace is sufficient for them because when they feel unworthy and unloved because of the scars of men and women, because of the scars of parents and siblings, because of the scars of exes and the scars of, uh, uh, of people that maybe they even encountered in church. God, Lord, I thank You that You are the loving King and a loving Father who loves us so. And even when our life doesn't follow the right recipe, you never change. With every head bowed, I want to ask you one more important question. I didn't embarrass anybody else. I ask you this question. I look across the room, I see my, my children, my, my son to my, my left. I, see, I think of the love that I have for them. But it, it doesn't compare doesn't compare to the love that god has for them it doesn't compare to the love that he has for you if you're in this place and you say pastor i have never accepted god's love for me and given him my life or maybe you did pray a prayer but you you've not been living for jesus and you say today that changes i want to know that i'm so loved of god and i want to surrender my life to jesus christ i want to see your hand right where you are just if you would thank you my hands are going up fast in this room thank you thank you thank you Are there others? This is it. This is it. This is your moment. This is your time. Oh, the love of God. I don't know who this is for either, but somebody's got some children that that need to hear this. I want you just to pray for them right now while I'm praying for these two that God's love will reach to them. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we would be born again. Don't play with this moment. This is sincere. This is serious. This is the time that we confess our, our hearts and souls and faith in Jesus Christ. And I want you to join me now in this moment as we pray with these four or five that have raised their hands today and help me welcome them into the family of God. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. In need of a Savior, in Jesus' name, I receive your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. And from this moment forward, all that I am belongs to you. In Jesus' name, I now declare that God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. In God good to us. Come on, give God a praise. Good